Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Deadly Delight brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to continue on with rankings. We're going to break down the running back position. I'm excited about that. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. Very excited to dive into this one a little bit more with the uh, 2020 um, running backs. We've already... It took a little bit of a hit when some guys, you know, decided to come back for their senior season or just declare back to go to go back to school. But man, the class is still very, very talented. I'm excited to uh, see where some shakeups are on your end. We haven't shared our rankings with each other, which we talked about off air. So it's kind of exciting to hear it for the first time, just whenever everybody else is as well. So definitely excited to, to dive in a little bit deeper with it with you. Yeah, for me, it's kind of exciting as well, because it was like those three main guys went back. And it was like, it kind of jumbled up your entire rankings because those guys were in the top five. You know what I mean? They, those were your top, you know, those guys were in the top five or six of everybody's big boards. And it was like, you had to reshuffle your board. And I don't think, I don't think this draft class for running backs is as top heavy anymore, but I think the depth in the class is really strong stoops. No, I agree with you. And that's, that's the biggest thing is you, you have some classes that come out and not just running back position. You're talking any position that come out and they're either going to be a very, very deep class or they're going to be essentially top heavy and not much past that. So I think like you're saying, there's still some top guys here, but for the most part, it's just a deeper class than, um, than what it was previous when we thought, you know, the ETNs, um, Harris and all these guys were going to be coming out and now they're not. So kind of changes the landscape of it, but still a lot of guys that, that we should be excited about. Folks, do us a favor, head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Use promo code Stoops to get inside any of the single databases that we have or the collective whole. Um, the databases are great. I think they're great utilization if you are looking into prospects, if you're looking into there's baseball, there's basketball, there's football, there's all sorts of things. All right, folks, what we're going to do is to follow the same profile of what we did with the quarterbacks. We're going to talk about our 10 through 6 guys and then one guy within that uh, part of our rankings that we like a whole lot. Stoops, I'm going to let you kick it off and have you give us your 10 through 6. All right, so starting at number 10 for me, um, guy that I absolutely love coming out of the senior ball. I've got Josh Kelly sitting at number 10 for me. Uh, DJ Dallas out of Miami, he's in the 9 spot. He actually wasn't even remotely close to that before, but after watching some film, looking at numbers, um, just kind of as a whole, I really liked what I saw from him. So DJ Dallas, number 9. Um, got LaMichael P. Ryan sitting at number eight, another guy that I really, really enjoyed watching. Um, Zach Moss, number seven. I love Zach Moss. Um, 
He's only a little bit lower injury concerns. That's kind of a big thing for me with that aspect of it. But I've got Zach Moss sitting at number seven. And then for me, number six, uh, Cam Akers. I've got Cam Akers sitting at number six. All right, so I've got number 10. I've got LaMichael P. Ryan, um, one guy that kind of his stock kind of went up a little bit from the Senior Bowl week. Josh Kelly at number nine. I've got Eno Benjamin at number eight. He's a guy that I really, 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 really love. Zach Moss at seven and Cam Akers at six. We've got a pretty, <laughs> we got some similar rankings there, Stoops. <laughs> we do, and and Eno's one of those guys that I, man, I'm a hundred percent like, I can go one way or the other on him. Um, I love what I see on the film, but then there's just some other aspects where I just kind of. I'm kind of not sure, so he's he's not in my top ten. But no, I love him. I, I think he's got potential, but he's definitely the one that differed from ours. But other than that, yeah, I mean, same guys, essentially same order. You know, a couple spots here and there, but definitely interested to see that. Um, give me a guy you want to talk about amongst those five. Yeah, so a guy I want to touch base on is LaMichael P. Ryan himself. Um, one thing I really – and I talked, I touched base on this on previous episodes, but one thing I really, really loved that Florida did with him this year was they used him way more in the passing game. I mean he had 40 receptions this year, um, five receiving touchdowns. So seeing that from a running back, like you have said more times than I can count, at the next level, being able to catch the ball is going to be huge to get you on the field. So him being able to expose that and show his potential in that this season, it's perfect timing. You know, we always talk about that too. Timing is everything in this in um, in football, basketball, baseball. It doesn't matter. Timing is everything in life. So um, loved what I saw from him this season. Um, his red zone performance, um, that's essentially where actually where all of his receiving touchdowns came from. He got his five receiving touchdowns inside the red zone. He caught 91.7% of his passes inside the red zone, 11 uh, receptions on 12 targets. So definitely love seeing him come down with all of those passes. Um, we've also said a lot about like down and distance performance. And first and 10 is whenever essentially your best players are targeted. First and 10 for him, he's got 16 receptions on 19 targets for 105 yards um, and a receiving touchdown with 55 rushing attempts, 375 rushing yards. And he's accounted for 10 first downs um, on first and 10 plus. So that's a, that's a great number to see. Um, you know, when he takes care of the ball, that's a huge, huge thing. You look at some of the prospects throughout this class and even other classes um, previous and then even in the future, fumbling seems to be a concern for them. Um, He's only had one fumble in 306 total touches. So for him to be able to take care of the ball on that level um, is an amazing thing to see. So you, you got to love seeing that. And especially at Florida, you know, they, they do spread the ball around. There's some other prospects we'll get to, especially on the receiver episode, I'm sure. Um, nonetheless, man, what I've seen this season, um, even going back and watching some previous year's film, um, loved what I saw from him. I definitely saw some jumps in certain aspects this season. So, like I said, man, timing's everything. He, he did it this year. Um, he's a guy that I, I'm, I'm very excited to see how the rest of the process goes for him. I'm going to talk about the guy that you slandered a few minutes ago, and that's Mr. Eno Benjamin. <laughs> um, I am a big Eno Benjamin guy. As I kept on cycling through my rankings here, I was like, man, this guy I really love. And the funny thing about it is the one thing you touched on with P. Ryan was the fumbles. Um, that's one thing that kind of stood out, obviously, this year versus last year for Benjamin. Benjamin did end up with six fumbles this year, which is infuriating, obviously. 
considering last year he had 300 tu- in 2018 now he had 300 touches and only one fumble it's something that you don't like to see obviously but this guy is good okay 2018 this guy had 1529 yards uh, on the ground i mean this guy was a monster on the ground a monster on the ground. six yards per carry this year i think he took a little bit of a step back obviously with the fumbles per se the carries were down a little bit the yards per carry were down a little bit but that's not always his fault you know what i mean it, it always plays in the factor of how the offense is ran and stuff like that this guy is a red zone beast 19 rushing touchdowns out of 25 rushing touchdowns in his collegiate career he's got 19 in the red zone which is impressive add another three uh, through the passing game. Another guy that can catch the ball very well out of the backfield. 76 catches between 2018 and 2019. You cannot be shy about that at all. It is a beautiful thing to watch him consistently catch balls. He's very good at it. Another thing that I really liked about you know Benjamin coming out of college is when we were down at the Senior Bowl, I don't think there was a happier guy to be around. Mm-hmm. Like He was always super hot, happy, super spunky, super, you know having a good time, having a lot of fun, and, and you'd like to see stuff like that. But, I mean, in his collegiate career, he had 576 carries, 2,867 yards, and five, he averaged five yards per carry, um, you know, ended up with 27 total touchdowns, 625 receiving yards, 82 total catches in his career. You can't beat that. I mean, this guy's able to, you know, beat you down through the ground, and he's able to do so as well through the air. So he's something that he's a three down back. I think he's a pretty solid blocker as well. I think he's one of those guys that's in this bottom tier that I really like that I think is going to slide somewhere and he's going to make a a lasting impression because he's just he's really good stoops and and watching him he's a, he's a little bit elusive okay he's 510 he's a little smaller than your prototypical prototypical back but these days these smaller backs are getting the job done and that's what you like to see in college and then of course transitioning into the NFL no, you're you're completely right. I think he's got the potential to definitely be one of the guys that, um, not necessarily a full type workhorse back, in my opinion, but I think he is someone that can carve out a role in an organization. And like you said, the fact that he's able to catch the ball so well um, will get him on the field um, in one way or another. So definitely going to the right fit, right scheme. I think he's someone that can definitely jump off the page at you. All right, Stoops, let's go ahead and dive into our five through one. All right, Stoops, kick us off with your five through one in your running back rankings. All right, so number five. You have you have uh, changed my mind on this prospect. So he's jumped into my top five. I got Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, loved what you know we saw from him at the Senior Bowl. Loved what I've seen on film after you know diving a little bit deeper, hearing you talk about him, not every week, but quite a bit. Um, and then again, just talking with him. You know what I mean? Just engaging with him. The, how, how nice of a guy he was. Moved into my top five nonetheless. Keyshawn Vaughn. Sitting at number four. Um, big time riser. Clyde Edwards. Um, Hilaire. Loved, 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 loved what I saw from him this year, obviously. Number three. This is where it starts to shake up a little bit for me. Quite a bit, actually. Um, number three, I've got Jonathan Taylor. Um, he was my previous number one. He's sitting at number three right now. Number two, I've got DeAndre Swift. And my new number one, J.K. Dobbins. Absolutely love what I have seen um, on film, on paper, across the board. Loved what I've seen from him. J.K. Dobbins, number one. Yeah, so we had the same five, um, again, which is weird. I think we've had one different guy in our top ten, which is kind of funny considering we haven't even spoke about this. Yep. Um, we have the same number five. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn is now number five as well. Um, if it wasn't for what I've watched on tape with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire – 
I probably would have had him number four. Um, coming in at number four, I actually have your number one, J.K. Dobbins. Um, number three, I have Clyde. Number two, I have Swift. And then number one, Jonathan Taylor. Um, for me, Jonathan Taylor, I think that he's slowly... He's like that one guy, and I can correlate this with movies. He's one guy that is consistently great, and then people just stop thinking about him because of how good he is, and then they watch all these other guys on tape, and they're like, oh, well, is Jonathan Taylor really good? Yeah, he is. Go back and watch some of his tape, and you'll understand why everybody has him as you know in that top two or three. And I have seen a lot of people move him up and down, but to me, Jonathan Taylor is a, is a prime prospect. I think that he's probably the best, but to be honest with you, a thousand percent honest with you, I think these top four backs could be interchangeable one mm-hmm. through four very easily, Stoops. No, you're you're a hundred percent spot on with that. The, these these top four guys, I mean, it's I haven't seen Clyde as, as anybody's number one running back, but actually I take that back. I think I have seen one, maybe two people rank him there. I don't know if it was a final rankings per se, but nonetheless, these top four guys, man, you put them in any order and we'll get into a tier system later on, but you get in. You could rank them in any any order. And personally, I would not fault you um, one bit. I'm just going to jump into it. My guy that I'm going to touch base on is my J.K. Dobbins, um, number one guy. What I found so interesting, and I've looked at his numbers before, um, they're very similar to a Jonathan Taylor. Um, J.K. Dobbins, he's got 2,001 rushing yards on the season. Taylor's got 2,003. Um, ah, Dobbins, he's better. I'm just oh, by two <laughs> yards. By two yards. <laughs> Um, carry wise though, JK Dobbins had 298 carries. Jonathan Taylor's got 320. So JK Dobbins has essentially the same amount of rushing yards on less carries. Um, yards per carry is obviously an increase there. Touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, they both have 21. So they're even there. Catch wise, JK Dobbins has 23. Taylor has 26. Again, yes, he's better per se in the catching aspect. Um, percentage wise, he is quite a bit lower, but nonetheless, receiving yards, 247 for Dobbins, 252 for Taylor. So you're looking at very similar numbers across the board. Um, It's just crazy to look. And even total yards for Dobbins, 2,248 compared to Taylor's 2,255. So similar numbers, first downs, a 90 to 92 um, comparison there, respectively. Fumbles, it's a big difference there. So nonetheless, though, man, you you look at both those prospects. But J.K. Dobbins is the guy that I'm definitely diving a little bit deeper for. When I went and looked at his his schedule and his stats, how his his, um, numbers aligned week after week, he had 10 games with 100-plus rushing yards. He had eight games with 150-plus rushing yards, four games – I don't know where I was going with that one. Six games with 120 plus <laughs> rushing yards and two plus touchdowns. One of them being 211 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. He has had some very dominant performances that I've absolutely loved. And just watching his his style of play on the field, he can be used in any way you need him. And just his ability to make people miss, whether it's a, a, a cut move, a spin move, a run through you, it doesn't matter. He's able to make it happen. Um, and a big thing for me, we always talk about first downs. Um, he's had three games with 10 plus first downs and I don't have this number pulled up, but I remember, I think it was about two or three more after that where he had eight or nine first downs. So he's getting the ball, um, across that, that first down marker to continue the drives along for his team, which is a huge, huge thing you want to see from a running back number one on the team. And, um, Total scrimmage yard distribution at 32.2%. That's a huge number. So 
all across the board. I, I could just keep going on and on and on. But nonetheless, what I've seen from Dobbins, it has been by far enough for me to move him to my number one running back. But to your point, Taylor won, Swift won. It, it, nobody's wrong. It, it is what it is. You know what I mean? You, you can interchange these guys any way you want to. And he's a guy I'm very excited about. Can't wait to see the rest of the process and especially a landing spot. Who do you got? Yeah, so for sure. One thing I will say about Dobbins that I think people forget about sometimes is he is in a much better offense. Light years better offense. Light years better quarterback. Light years better receivers. That is going to, uh, and that's not to take away from Dobbins. I'm just talking about if you look at the grand scheme, Taylor was doing what Taylor was doing. The carries obviously are a lot more because the, the offense went through Taylor. The offense didn't per se go through Dobbins. It did at times, and Dobbins had a great season. But I do think that he benefited a little bit more than Taylor did by having such a high-powered offense around him. That does elevate him. And I do think the same thing can be said about the guy that I'm going to talk about is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. For me, he's one guy that kind of stood out and kind of rise to the ranks, obviously, over the last couple of months watching him play. Um, obviously doing a lot of research on Joe Burrow. You can't help but watch this guy, you know, on tape and understand that 79 first downs, you know, is insane on this kid's, you know, radar. 198, um, 215 total carries, 1,414 yards, 6.6 per clip, 16 rushing touchdowns. Um, the one thing that stands out for me the most, and Stoops and I talk about this, we beat this like a dead horse on the show sometimes, and that's the catching the ball. 55 catches, 453 yards, 8.2 yards per catch. I mean, I've got games here with seven catches, nine catches, seven catches, seven catches, five catches. You know what I mean? It's it's absurd the ability that he's able to get out of the backfield. Another crazy stat is for me um, with Clyde is he only had three games last year over 20 carries. And it wasn't because it's a lot of these games were, you know, kind of blown out. But, I mean, he had big games. <laughs> the one that kind of is funny that stands out to me was the game against Arkansas. Arkansas wasn't that good of a football team. But, Stoops, he had six carries for 188 yards. <laughs> he averaged 31 yards per carry in that game. Three touchdowns. He also had... Also had seven catches, which he had ended up having more catches than he had um, rushing attempts in that game for 65 yards. Um, one thing that does stand out to me as well, he had 10 kick returns. So this guy can return kicks as well. And he had, you know, he averaged 21 yards per kick return for the entire season. He didn't do it a lot. I only did it 10 times. But I do think if a team looks at him and so sees this particular thing, they're going to be like, oh, okay, wow. Like, he can kick. He can return kicks as well. Um, that's beautiful. Average. If you look at the fantasy aspect of thing, I think every game this year, except for the Oklahoma game, which he really didn't need to rush the ball. He had two carries, fourteen yards. I do think he got a little hurt in that game, but they didn't need him a whole lot in that game, as you saw. Um, it was a big, big time blowout in that game. Red zone production's beautiful as well, per what you want to see. Seventeen red zone. Um, touchdowns in his career um he's catching balls all over the field he all touches per quarter were high all the way around obviously heading into that fourth quarter because a lot of the times uh lsu was ahead by fourteen thousand points so that you know plays into his factor of not touching the ball in the fourth quarter um one last stat for me that i do like and i love a whole lot um i'd say well over 400 touches uh between 2018 and 2019 
and just the one fumble. So for me, I love seeing that as well. Clyde, he is somebody that kind of popped up on the radar, obviously over these last couple months with this national championship team. And there's another big thing that you can notice about him kind of varies from some of these other guys. He's only got um, a little over 400 touches total on his legs for his career. So that's something that stands out to me as well. It's not understanding, look, I know fresh, I'm just saying the fresher legs are nice to have when it comes to the running back heading into the NFL, especially when you talk about a guy like Taylor, who's got, I think, well over, I mean, 600 carries in his career. Um, you know, that's a lot of carries for a running back. And, you know, the, the running back position is not as um, you know, it's a three or four year process in the NFL these days compared to what it used to be, Stoops. No, you're you're completely spot on with that. And the the crazy thing with Clyde is he wasn't what he wasn't the guy that everyone really thought to to be the the starting running back or the you know the star guy in the backfield. Whenever John Emery, um, you know, committed to go to LSU, everyone was like, "This is going to be the guy. Like he's going to be the guy as a true freshman to come in and just take over." But then Clyde happened, and Clyde, you know, took the reins on that backfield. And of course, when when someone's got it rolling like that, you're going to ride him throughout the whole season. So definitely seeing that he does have light uh, a light load throughout his entire career is going to be huge for the next level. You've got to love seeing that. And to your point about Taylor, he was on a, a worse team, obviously, than um, Clyde and even Dobbins. And the crazy thing about that is people knew who was getting the ball, and he still got 2,000 rushing yards. Like, it, it, it's it's just unbelievable. And that's, that's why when we say this draft class for running backs – it's more it, the depth is there. The depth is there, but to me, like those top end guys, like they do separate themselves quite a bit. Um, Taylor definitely being one of those guys because when you know who's getting the ball, you about ninety percent of the time <laughs> it's probably going to be Taylor. So they just stack the box, and he still breaks off 15, 20, 30, 40 yard touchdown runs. Like when he can do that against a stacked box. It does speak volumes for what he's capable of doing. But like you said, he's got, I mean, countless numbers of carries throughout his, his career. But he's proven he can handle it. You know, how long will that transition into the NFL? We'll see. Um, but he's shown he can handle a heavy workload, and, and that's a good thing to see. So hopefully it doesn't wear him down too much in the long run. But, um, man, th- this running back class, it's still, it's still something to be very excited about. Yeah, I agree 150%. Um, And we don't even talk about one of our guys that we like a whole lot, and that's DeAndre Swift, who I personally still feel like could be the best running back in this class. And um, it's just a testament to how deep this class is as a collective whole. All right, folks, now we're going to break down these running backs uh, in in tiers. Um, I like doing this because it kind of lets you talk about some of the guys that um, we didn't get to talk to about earlier. Talk about earlier. So, Stoops, give us uh, your tier. F- we both have four tiers here. So, Stoops, kick us off with your tier four. Yeah. So my tier four is um, Patrick Taylor. Um, got Eno Benjamin, AJ Dillon, Anthony McFarland, Darrington Evans, Pete Gallero, and then Jamichael Hasty. I just don't appreciate this Eno Benjamin hate. I, I was waiting for that one. I'm <laughs> waiting for the response. My tier four is A.J. Dillon, Anthony McFarren, uh, Darrington Evans, Antonio Gibson, Javon Leak, J.J. Taylor, uh, Salvin Ahmed, somebody that I really like, and then uh, Levante Belmay. Uh, what about your tier three? Tier three, D.J. Dallas, Josh Kelly, um, Salvin Ahmed. Ahmed, I'll be honest, yeah. I don't know how to 
Yeah. Uh, Michael Warren Jr., who's a guy that I was super, super high on at the start of the season. Um, I still am, but nonetheless, he's tier three for me. And then I've got uh, Stephen Carr. Uh, yeah, so Salvin Ahmed somebody that I wish we talked about a little bit more because I really, I really like that dude. Um, my tier three, Eno Benjamin, Josh Kelly, LaMichael P. Ryan, Jamichael Hasty, and Darius Anderson. What about your tier two? Tier two, Keyshawn Vaughn, Cam Akers, Zach Moss, and LaMichael P. Ryan. And to your point, Zach Moss is a guy that I just literally told you off the air. Zach Moss is a guy I wish uh, I would have covered a little bit more. If it wasn't for the injuries, it, it, he – He'd be in consideration for a little bit higher in my rankings. But, no, I love Zach Moss. So he's a guy I wish we kind of could have had a little more time and gone in depth then. But that's my tier two. Yeah, so talking about him real quick, I'll piggyback because he's in my tier two as well. Like, it's funny because it's like if he wasn't hurt, I would have him higher in my rankings. I just don't know where because I really like these top six guys a whole lot. (laughs) I have him slotted in at number seven, which is a fine spot for him. But, like, if he was healthy, it would be even more harder to rank that top five. But I've got Keyshawn Vaughn, Cam Akers, and Zach Moss in my tier two. And what about your tier one? I'm pretty sure your tier one is the same as mine, but go ahead. Tier one, I got J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, and um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, those are the same for me as well. I think that's the cream of the crop. I will say this. So when I was battling trying to figure out who I was going to put three and four, I I debated on where I wanted that four guy. Did I think that four guy was going to be in my tier two or did I think that guy was going to be in my tier one? But I ended up putting these four in there because I think all four of these guys are going to end up being first to second round picks. Um, I really do believe that all four of these guys will go in, in, in day one or early day two. Um, and I think that they're going to benefit early on. And that's one thing I want to talk about as well. Like We are slowly transitioning into the 2021 season, but Stoops and I are going to touch base on this draft class once the draft kind of goes into full effect. Because you know these tiers, our rankings are based on today. And to be honest with you, if like a Jonathan Taylor ends up in, let's just say, Kansas City, or, or no, let's say Miami, and then a DeAndre Swift ends up in, you know, running back purgatory New England. You know what I mean? That DeAndre mm-hmm. Swift goes from a highly rated guy in our tiers to basically maybe a little bit lower rated guy because he went to, you know, running back purgatory of New England. You know what I mean? So Once the draft happens, we're going to revisit these rankings as well. But I like doing these tiers, Stoops, because you get to lump in some of the guys that you want to talk about, but at the same time, you want to give them a little bit of respect. But it's hard to move them up the rankings because there's so many good guys near the top. And that's that's the problem with this class. And um, not to jump the gun, we've been talking about this wide receiver class. I mean... I don't know what to do with it. Not to jump the gun, but that's essentially the same concept across the board in a lot of these positions where there's just so much talent that, like you said, you want to, you want to put the respect on their name and, you know, rank them high, rank them where, where you feel they should be. But then it's like, you look at the next guy and you're like, well, man, I, I love this guy just as much. So it's tough. Um, it's what makes it fun, to be completely honest with you, because it, it forces you to dive a little deeper. You know, okay, well, how many fumbles did they have? Oh, this guy had six. This guy had two. Okay, that's a positive for this person. You know, and how many receptions? How many first downs? You know, how many red zone touchdowns? Whatever you personally like to value, that's kind of what forces you to dive a little bit deeper. And that's all the stuff that I get off of our website, obviously, Expand the Box Score. So um, it's, man – it's a blast. It's fun, and it's definitely tough to to really rank these guys and, and figure out where you want to put them. And that's why 
like you've said and we've said on previous episodes, the tier system this year is um, definitely more more important, in my opinion, than it has been in years past. I always do the tier system, but to me, this year, it's it's a little bit more important, holds a little bit more value than maybe it has previous years. Man, don't even get me started on that wide receiver one. We're filming that yeah. episode a week from you know a week from now, and I'm still not even a hundred percent certain where I have guys. Like I got, I got to my maybe my top seven, and I felt comfortable with my top seven. After my top seven, I have no clue who. Like I have a pack of about ten to fifteen guys that could go from seven to twenty. But I, they, I could just insert them there. I just don't know how I'm going to rank those guys because mm-hmm. there's so many good receivers in this class. It's absurd, man. It really, it's, it's hard to look at because once you get out of that top tier, a lot of those guys have some of the same similarities. Um, there's guys in the class that aren't as flashy stats wise as some of the other guys. But they're just as good, you know. Seeing him down at the Senior Bowl, there's a lot of seniors down at the Senior Bowl, and this wide receiver class is very top, um, you know, top heavy with underclassmen. Like it is massively. I think there's only one guy in my top seven that I had that was a senior, and it's absurd to think about because you had what twelve or thirteen receivers down in in, in Mobile, and and. I'd say maybe eight of those 12 kind of stood out to you in, in different ways. And, you know, going back into the class, again, you have the underclassmen. So you have to mix them all in there together. It is a mess to think about. It hurts my head to think about because these guys are really, really good. And it's the hardest to project uh, doing these rankings over the last couple of weeks. You are completely spot on with that. Thank you, buddy. Folks, do us a favor. Head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Like Stoops said, check out all the tools and website. Use promo code Stoops. Head on over to Twitter. Give the show a follow at the Debbie Delight. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. And like I said, if you guys are subscribed and listening on iTunes, drop us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. As always, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. See you all later.